I'm sure you've heard this being said before. Don't take it personally. It isn't about you. I think I've said it before as well. But the problem is, if you're on the receiving end of incredibly personal, harsh and nasty student comments, you know that not taking it personally is so much easier said than done. You actually need the support and strategies to go along with that advice. Otherwise, it could be so impossible. This episode is going to unpack how much truth there is in don't take it personally because there's a lot of it, but also give you the stuff that you need the knowledge, the support, the strategies, so you can protect your peace, so you can manage these behaviours, and you can be really effective in these incredibly difficult classroom and student moments. Welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and, let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is freaking hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone, whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode and another week of the Unteachables podcast. It's always an honor to have you letting me in your ears for 20 minutes to half an hour or however long this podcast is today. Who knows, I might want to have a bit more of a chit chat today, but I think it's always weird just sitting here talking to myself, so I'll probably just crack on with it, to be honest. Um, Hope you've had a good week. My week has been okay. It's um, it's a bit tough at the moment because even as I'm talking, I can feel my breath getting quite laboured and, you know, as I move into pregnancy more and more, um, I find it really hard to kind of like, I don't know if it's because I'm super unfit, but Walking upstairs is a mission. Talking like this is a mission because my heart's just working overtime. But my um, office is up on the fourth floor and our lift is broken. So I've been climbing up and down stairs all day. So I think that might be why my breath might sound more laborious today. Anyway, cracking into it. Speaking of work, this is quite a timely episode for me because, you know, I've just gotten back from work and I've had to deploy some of these don't take it personally strategies myself all day, which isn't really surprising because of the nature of the work I do with students with social, emotional and mental health needs and the fact that my pregnancy hormones are just raging in general. So I find it more and more difficult to not take it personally, especially when those comments are of a certain nature. So I still find it really tough. And, you know, I've got a lot of experience around managing these things and I still find it incredibly tough to not take things personally and to you know, make sure that I know it's not about me. So I really wanted to start this podcast by saying that that advice about not taking it personal should never, ever be used to invalidate your experiences. You're a human being. You are more than entitled to feel something emotional in response to things verbally being said to you that are upsetting, harsh or rude. This is about acknowledging that first. We really need to acknowledge that first that we are human beings and we are always going to have a natural response to the things that are being said to us. But we also need to acknowledge the fact that we are the adult in the room and our ability to regulate ourselves and to depersonalize these things 
is going to be so important to actually being able to work with these students and regulate with these students and do the best that we can with them. So that brings me on to my first point, which is regulation. This is going to be obviously not a real scenario, but a scenario that happens a lot. And I've had this happen a multitude of times and I'm sure you have as well. But just imagine that a student's kind of come into the room in the middle of the lesson or just after you've kind of settled the rest of the class. They come in, they're swearing like a trooper, saying things that I can't say on this podcast because despite the fact that I swear like a trooper in my casual life, I don't want Apple Podcasts to bar me. Um, so imagine this student comes in, they're swearing, they put their legs up on the desk, they get their phone out. And when you try to get them back on track or you try to address this behavior, they make it really personal and say something awful. Like maybe they're calling you names, something really public as well. So it feels really personal and awful. Um, what is going to happen? Like if, if they call you a fat B or something else, that's like really embarrassing to, say to you in front of everybody else, like, what do we think is going to happen here? Something that's really personal and really harsh. And I'm sure like they just kind of dig sometimes at the things that they know are going to really push your buttons. So what we really need to remember is that this behavior, of course, it's going to trigger our own stress response. We are human beings. Our bodies, even though we're teachers, our body and mind doesn't care about the fact that we're teachers. It's still going to say that is a stress response. Like, you are in danger. There is something happening here that is not very nice and it's going to trigger the stress response. And when the stress response is triggered, the amygdala is flying. It's going to send out that adrenaline. Our emotions then may take over and our logical and rational part of the brain, which we definitely need to address behavior, is going to be cut off and we're going to be leading with our emotion, which is why very often I, I've done it so many times in my career instead of being able to not take it personally and kind of resume the lesson and address it in a way that's, you know, a little bit more level-headed, I have screamed. I have said, get out of the room. I have done all of those things that are a direct response to the stress that I'm feeling. And it's just us being human beings. And it's really hard to overcome that. But from a teacher perspective, it's the worst thing that we can do for our classroom management So that's why regulation is key. And when we talk about regulation, the regulation that we need to have as teachers is so important because if we don't regulate our own emotions and if we try to, if we don't try to depersonalize it, we do go into fight mode. We do yell back. We further escalate the situation and that's not good for us. It's not good for the class. It's not good for the learning. And it's definitely not good for that student who's then going to disengage further and their behaviors are going to continue to escalate the next lesson. It's going to compound the issues for everybody. So what I always try to do is before I respond in any way, shape or form, like just say that students come in, they've sworn, they've disrupted the whole lesson. I've just gotten the whole class on track, which is, isn't that the most frustrating thing when you've just given all of your instruction, you've just set them off on a task and all the students seem to be like nicely engaging and you've got like, you know, everyone working away. And then that one student comes in and just throws everything in turmoil and chaos. There's nothing more frustrating than that, especially when the rest of the class is hard to settle in the beginning. So I always take a few deep breaths before responding in any way because that gives you space between what has just happened and you reacting to it. 
you don't want to be reacting. You want to be acting in a way that you've thought through. You're being logical about, you're being rational about. Taking a deep breath does a few things, but it kind of recenters us. It engages our logical, rational thinking brain. It tells our body and it tells our mind that everything is okay. We're not in danger. So it sends all of those messages. It just calms us right down. If we're able to take a big, deep breath and regulate ourselves, then that is going to put all of that space between the situation that just happened and what we need to do. Maybe you can even come up with a little mantra that you say to yourself when you're in that mode and you know, something's just happened and you need to calm yourself down really quickly. Maybe you can take a deep breath and just say to yourself, this isn't about me. I need to remain calm. Don't act before I am calm. You can, you can have anything as a little mantra that you can say to yourself. The next thing is about being curious about the behavior. So once you're feeling a bit regulated, once you're feeling a little bit more connected with your rational brain, What helps to depersonalize it further is reminding yourself that the behaviors that you're seeing, even though you're feeling a little bit fight or flight, the behaviors that you're seeing in front of you are often a fight, flight or freeze response from the students, the students, and getting really curious about what may be happening for them to be acting in that way to begin with. Because we know that when we see those behaviors from a student, they're not happy, they're not regulated. They're not trying to necessarily be the most difficult student in the world in that moment. They've just got something going on that's making them act and react in that way. So what could be behind it? Did something happen before class? Are they dysregulated because of an ongoing situation at home or with their peers? Um, Like what could it actually be? And you don't have to know what's going on for that student. All you need to do is be aware of the fact that there could be something and approach every situation calmly and with compassion. Because when you're doing that, that doesn't mean not addressing the behavior, by the way, when you're doing that, you're engaging your thinking brain to help you regulate more. Because remember, this episode is all about not taking the behaviors personally. So by thinking curiously about the situation in front of you, what could be going on for this student? Why are they dysregulated? That must be really tough. And showing compassion and kindness in that moment is really helpful for us as well to be able to manage that. And obviously it's then going to be good for the rest of the class and the rest of the learning. Another good question to ask yourself could be what need might this behavior be feeling for that student right now? So I see that a lot in all of those kind of silly low level behaviors. Um, Could they be bored and just having a bit of fun and they're trying to meet their fun needs? Are they saying things to you because they're trying to meet their power need and they're feeling like they need to, you know, be more authoritative in the classroom and more dominant? Um, There's so many things it could be and there's so many motivators or driving forces. Like what is the function of this behavior that we're seeing in front of us? Another thing could be like they're communicating something to you. So getting curious in front of the class and thinking to yourself, okay, well, are they communicating that they're not happy? Are they communicating that they just want to escape out of this lesson? Are they communicating that something else is going on that they can't tell us about? So of course, in that moment, you're not going to get to the bottom of it. And that's not what this is about. It's just about keeping our minds open to it, getting curious about it. And again, that just puts space between us and the behavior, because once we can create that space and create that time and engage our own minds, then we're going to be able to depersonalize it a lot better. And if we're depersonalizing it, we're much less likely to escalate it. I don't know about you, but I have escalated so many things in my career because I haven't been able to put that space and time between myself and the behavior. And I've just taken it personally in the moment. 
again, we're human, our brains kind of go firing and instantly we have to go on the attack because it's just the survival mechanism that is also innate within us. And we are entitled to that feeling. We're entitled to, you know, that evolutionary process and and it's helped us survive. It's important, but it's not our best friend when it comes to classroom management and behavior. And being a teacher and being an adult is being able to say, okay, I need to do something differently here and I need some strategies to manage this so I can actually be effective in my craft. The next thing we can do is get really curious about our own behavior and our responses. Sometimes it doesn't have to be in the moment, but sometimes I'll think to myself, geez, that was really, really tough. What was going on there? Did I actually do something to escalate that situation or did I do something to trigger their stress response? It could be something as simple as when they walked in the room, they were happy to go and sit down quietly, even though they were dysregulated. And maybe I called them out publicly and said, why are you late? Or you know, like get cracking with your work straight away. Or maybe I shot them a look that was really intimidating, or maybe I did something unintentionally, which escalated that situation. And it does happen. So it is really, really important for us to think like that. Maybe we address the behavior publicly and, you know, we made them feel embarrassed and ashamed and compounded that for them, those feelings for them. So maybe they were already teetering on the edge of, you know, completely flipping their lids. And we said one little thing to make them embarrassed or ashamed walking into that room or unwelcome or whatever it might be. And maybe we escalated things and, and you know, turned that into a bigger situation than it had to be. Not necessarily because it's our fault. It's, we can still depersonalize the behavior and say it's not about us. But in that moment, the way that things trigger people and the things that we say can unintentionally really have a big impact on them. So it's really important for us to get curious about that. There could even be that we have our own biases that we need to work through. Like maybe we're focusing on the behavior of one student more than others because they're the one that is grinding our gears. They're the one that always feels like we always feel like they're coming in and destroying our lesson, that they're stopping the learning of other students, that, you know, it's like that cycle of behavior that we can't break with them. So Sometimes we have our own biases. Like, have you ever had a student that you think, oh God, I just wish they were away today. Oh, they're here again today. They're never away. Um, or you go into the staff room and you go, oh, is, you know, is James here today? Oh God, I've seen him here today. I just really don't want to teach him. So very often we can have our own biases that we need to work through and put other strategies in place to be able to support them better. But being curious about our own behavior and thinking about how we respond to these students can really help us be reflective about what's going on. And again, it's not about us taking ownership for their behavior because we can't control anybody else's behavior, only our own, but it's about getting to a point with our students where we can go, okay, something's going on here with this dynamic that we can work through and actually action something, which is so important. And I guess last but not least, the way that I really try to depersonalize a student comments is by getting really reflective of my own emotional responses to certain triggers. So there are things that I work through with my psychotherapist quite deeply to not just unpack the student's behavior that's in front of me, but really explore my own emotional responses and triggers to that behavior. There are always going to be things for us as human beings 
that trigger us more than other human beings. And it's because of our upbringing. It's because of our own baggage. It's because of our own trauma that we've experienced everything in our own lives that shape the person that we are, that have also shaped our brain. So just the same as our students come with all of their stuff into the classroom, we too bring all of our stuff into the classroom. And to not acknowledge that is not acknowledging us as human beings and saying, this is really, really tough. And it is so freaking tough for us to be able to go into this environment and deal with some of these comments. So I really find exploring my own emotional responses and triggers to certain behaviors and comments really helpful because that helps me to say, even though this comment feels very personal to me and it hits me differently in a way that it wouldn't hit maybe another colleague that hasn't gone through the same personal experiences as me. Um, And it just helps me to manage things calmly. It's not easy. And when somebody says to us, look, just don't take it personally, depersonalize that behavior. It's not about you. There's so much more underneath that advice that needs to be considered um, because very often if somebody says that it's not acknowledging and appreciating the sheer complexity of what it means to be human beings in front of other human beings. One of the things that I find really difficult to manage in, in a classroom with my students, and it happens all of the time as well with the nature of the students I work with, are incredibly misogynistic comments Um, And because of what I've gone through in my life, I find that so hard to manage. And because I'm pregnant and I'm having a little girl and she'll be school age one day and all of those things and my hormones and everything and my protective mama bear instincts, the lioness in me, and it's just crazy. I just, I can't even, you know, fathom how much my brain's changed since being pregnant. But, um, it makes it even harder for me to be able to depersonalize these comments. So all of those strategies are so important for me to be able to continue to do the job that I need to do in the classroom and still remain the adult and still remain rational and still approach behaviors calmly and compassionately because it is a tall order some days because we are human beings. We've got our own stuff going on. Our brains are in fight or flight. Like I said, we're trying to be protected by our brains and our amygdala and our stress response So that advice of don't take it personally is all well and good. And it's very, very important. And I think I've said it myself that our ability to not take things personally is like the crucial thing about behavior management. I've said it so many times on my Instagram and everything. I just hope that this episode has been incredibly validating for you as a human being and a teacher, because I just don't think there are many jobs that you go into and cop really personal comments from people and are expected to just depersonalize it and crack on with it. Your ability to regulate is very important. Your ability to get curious about your own behavior and the behavior of students is very important. Your ability to re-engage your thinking brain is very important because that is a part of our job. But we teach students who display challenging behaviors. We teach students who have experienced trauma. We teach students who have disorganized attachments And it is hard. It takes a toll on us in so many different ways. So don't underestimate the difficulty and the challenge of this and the importance of taking care of yourself and putting yourself first, because just as much as our students are humans with feelings and needs, so are you. And of course, you have a job that you need to do. You need to do that job. You need to go in there and you need to be able to perform in that way your first priority needs to be you. Otherwise, it's not going to be sustainable in the classroom. 
So I guess that's all I have to say on that little nugget of advice that people give you of don't take it personally, which can be incredibly frustrating, incredibly invalidating. Um, It doesn't take into account the complexity of behaviours, the complexity of our own selves as human beings. And I really hope that this episode, you can take away all of those little nuggets of advice and be able to feel empowered in the way that you approach these situations in the future. So teachers, that is all for this episode. And if you did enjoy it, and if you got anything from it, please make sure you pop in, say hello, subscribe for the next episode. And I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Unteachables podcast, teacher friends. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, please make sure you head over and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. A little review would also mean a lot. And if you're a teacher just wanting to suck the classroom management knowledge and strategies straight out of my brain and pop them into yours, you can join my comprehensive professional development program that'll teach them today at the-unteachables.com. And because you listen to my podcast and you're a little bit more special, you can use the code podcast20 for a special 20% off enrollment. This training, I promise you, is truly transformational. Find the full link to this and other goodies, including a special freebie in the show notes. And finally, if you're wanting to reach out and say hello, please don't be a stranger. You can head over to my Instagram where I hang out the most, the.unteachables, and pop into my DMs. Until next time, teachers.